0: Hello, everybody! Welcome back to the Rap Chat podcast. Uh, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and to subscribe. And uh, let me know your thoughts on this topic. I'll, I'll get into it in a second. Um, if you're watching, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or a future podcast, make sure to leave a rating and leave us a review. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Rap Chat Podcast, where typically we post new clips to show every week. Uh, right now, we're on a little summer long break since we're all our separate ways so not many clips right now but uh back when we get into september they will they'll be back um so welcome back everybody i would if i had us soundboard i would do the little clappy thing um it's been a while um it's the off-season. It's, offs- it's the playoffs the raptors aren't in it uh raptors have yet to do anything to, to, notable really to talk about um there's some og trade rumors i don't believe them um but, uh, you know, this is a Rudy Gobert talk, blah, blah, blah. But today we're not talking about that. Today, something different. This is something more of a personal interest of mine um, that I thought I'd use this platform I now have to talk about because I love talking about it. Um, basically, we're talking about the NBA draft, the 2022 NBA draft on June 26, I think, 26. Um, I'm pretty excited. Basically, what, what I've done... Uh, what I do every year, but this year I've done it to a higher degree. Um, I made my big board. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, a big board is basically a ranking of all the prospects. And uh, I rank them, people rank them in different ways. I ranked it based off of, like some people rank them best player now, uh, best player who they think will be best player in the future. I, I ranked it, my players, based off of uh, how good I think they'll be when it's all said and done. So my number one guy I think will be the best player in this draft once they all retire second best second on the list the second best third best fourth best you get it um so each guy kind of dedicated a whole page to and uh today we're going to talk about it I posted it on my LinkedIn which I will leave in the uh de- description of the YouTube channel um on Spotify and Apple I think I can leave links there I if I can't uh look up Elias Eldridge on LinkedIn and it's right there. <laughs> um, or go to the YouTube channel and it'll be there. Um, anyway, so I'm going to pull up the page on the screen. Um, I have it in front of me here, but you'll see it on the screen. And uh, I'm not going to spend too long on each guy, maybe about a minute or so, because I don't want this video to be too long and drawn out, but because uh, I can I could talk about this for a long time. I'm going to try not to. But I just want to you know, get my rationale behind all my picks and everything and uh, talk some NBA draft. Um, so before we get into this, I kind of just want to get my thoughts on all the prospects in this draft in general. Uh, this is probably one of the weaker drafts in recent history. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like the 2013 draft, where I mean Giannis wasn't there, but it's also like the second best players probably Rudy Gobert, and, like Chris Middleton, Oladipo, um, Anthony Bennett went first overall. <laughs> um, so this is, I think this, I mean I could be wrong. Who? who no one really knows, but just. There's no, there's no glaring superstars to me. Like last year was a stack draft. I think Cade, uh, Green, Scotty, um, Mobley, among others, are all d- could be could do huge things in the league. Um, this year, I don't see that glaringly. I think there's potential for guys to do that. Um, we'll talk about the couple guys that I believe could do that. But I think more or less, this is more of a draft where you can find guys who will be complimentary pieces on championship teams, um, or, you know, like future All-Stars, maybe some All-NBA players, but I don't think the odds of getting an MVP in this draft are huge. Um, Anyway, let's get right into it. So, at number one on my big board, I have uh, the 6'10 power forward of Auburn, Jabari Smith. I, I jumbled with actually the first five spots. So the first five spots are pretty set in terms of the five players, but the order has switched a lot. This is what I this is what I settled on. Um I don't feel amazing about it, but this is where we're at. <laughs> so Jabari Smith, um basically what put him over the other guys for me is how certain I am that he will be a very good NBA player. Um he's one of the youngest guys in the draft and uh, he has so many elite skills already. Shooting being one of them at 6'10" and He's shown that he can be a shot creator, too. If you can get a 6'10 shot creator who can shoot 40% from three, I mean, that's that's a win. The, 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 but my problem with him, and this is where it goes back to me saying the superstar stuff, there might not be many in this chapter, or, or any, um, is that he's not very athletic, and you don't find very many non-overly athletic superstars in the NBA. Um, so I think that's what holds him back uh, from being that net taking that next level he's not saying he couldn't he still he definitely could but that's kind of my big glaring hole with him um i put i put comparisons in my and all this stuff I, I just i call them display similarities too because i feel like if you do a full comparison people get really nitpicky with it so i put he displays similarities to chris middleton and aaron gordon i thought that that is uh, chris middleton he's like on offense in terms of shot creation um, not very athletic, you don't see him run a fast break very often but he can get you 20 points a game just based off shooting and uh, getting to his spots, and I thought of uh, Aaron Gordon defensively, Jabari Smith, I didn't mention this has, has a lot of defensive potential um, he was guarding He could guard, not, not consistently, but we saw him guard point guards uh, over his year at Auburn and uh, and centers, He so he has potential to be a very versatile defender, very switchable defender um, which I really like about him and that's kind of where I saw Aaron Gordon in him um, defensively, um, yeah, I think his ceiling, all NBA, and his floor, high-level starter. I think that's again safe, probably the safest pick in the top five for me um, in terms of the odds that you're going to get a really good NBA player. Um, I don't think he's worse than a high-level starter. And by high-level starter, I guess you could talk about Aaron Gore. Gordon. Aaron Gordon's a high-level starter. He's not a guy you're gonna. He's not a guy you consider bringing off the bench. But he's not a guy that's like, okay, he is the guy. You know what I mean? That's and that's worst-case scenario for Jabari Smith. Um, Alright, number two Chet Holmgren, he was my number one for a while um, So he, this is Chet, Chet, seven footer out of Gonzaga um, He is the next uh, Big unicorn Seems like there's one in every single draft, he's this draft But this, I think he I think he could be the best one we've seen so far um, I mean, it depends on who you consider A unicorn, Giannis, you could call a unicorn But I consider a unicorn as a As a really big dude who can Has guard abilities Giannis does, but he can only really shoot like that. Check and shoot like that. Uh, he shot almost 40% from three uh, on 3.3 attempts a game. He can. He's a legit ball handler. He's not like a ball handler for a big. He is a legitimate ball handler. Um, his passing, he displayed, He only averaged two assists a game. Um, the numbers don't really show up, but he displayed passing as like a point guard. Um, and he's only doing I mean, 3.7 blocks a game, too. That's something that we talked about. I think... I think with Chet, that this the biggest risk with him is uh, potential injuries and his size; um, those kind of going hand in hand. Where he's so small, but so big, where he, he could, knees could struggle, you know, anything. Um, you see a lot of injuries in guys like that, uh, like Mo Bamba, for example. He's always injured. Jonathan Isaac, two Magic players, but there, and he might go to the Magic, but <laughs> um, they get injured a lot. And it's, it, you see, you see guys, Chris Daps, you see guys with that build get hurt a lot, ankles and stuff like that. Um, and I just think he does need to gain weight he, muscle he needs to gain muscle he's not he can't play a center right now like I haven't like later on in my positions I have uh, I like some some i my like power forward slash center I, I put Chet as a power forward and only power forward because I do not believe he can play center right now because of his size he can't guard bigs in the NBA he's not gonna be able to even like Rudy Gobert who's not really a post player like that he's not gonna be able to guard him unfortunately Um, yet but that's where he needs to get bigger that's my biggest concern with Chet but other than that I mean he's so unique I compared to Jaren Jackson Giannis and Mobamba. none of those are super accurate uh similarity type players because he's very unique uh, I had a really tough time one point I had written down Jaren Jackson Jr. with guard like abilities who can run faster and, and I was like it just sounds stupid so um you know Jaren Jackson in terms of defensive potential um, Giannis, in terms of the fact that he's so big and can ball handle, and Mobamba, in terms of protection and uh, and stretch stretch the floor ability, um, yeah. So that's that's what I have for Chet here. Uh, I have a ceiling. He's the guy that I think. Is the, is the, the way I ranked is who I think odds are is the best player. I think Chet could be the best. I think if anyone's gonna be the best player in this draft class. It's Chet if that makes sense But I think the odds are more in favor of Jabari Smith I think, it's, yeah, I think Jabari is more Has a higher chance of being the best player But I think If Chet actually breaks out And reaches full potential He can be the best player If that makes sense It's kind of hard to explain But that's what I have him as And Floor is a fringe starter Meaning maybe a 5th maybe man Maybe a 6th, 7th man um, Alright, moving on to number 3 this one's a little different. I have Jaden Ivey at number three. On most big boards you see, you will see um, Smith, Chet, and Paolo in top three. I have Ivey at top three, um, and here's why: he is the most athletic player in this draft, arguably. He's the most athletic in this tier, easily. Um, I, I haven't compared to, or just I, he I displays similarities to John Morant. And Anthony Edwards, but I think the Ja Morant one is very good. Uh, I like that comparison a lot, except for the playmaking. He's basically Jaw without playmaking. That's what I kind of see him as. The way he plays, the way he can burst by anybody, the way he uh, creates shots for himself. Um, and I think his playmaking can become a thing. Um, he only averaged three assists a game, but this was on a team that played uh, through Travion Williams, who is one of the best uh, playmaking bigs in the country, if not the best this year. Um he can he can just do everything himself. Um he doesn't need anybody else and I think if you pair him next to a Cade Cunningham, Tyrese Halliburton and Darren Fox, that like he can complement any elite point guard, elite young point guard and create a crazy future top 3 backcourt in the NBA. Um I don't I think it might be tough for him. I don't have a lot of confidence that he can be the guy on a team um because he lacks that playmaking right now. If he if he reaches it sure but I think right now what I see out of Jaden Ivey, if he if he keeps his current skills and they, they blossom, I, it's hard for me to see him be a number one guy because of his playmaking, a lack thereof. And he doesn't really score in the mid-range, which um, not like it's a big thing in the NBA right now, but you see a lot of guys like you know Kevin Durant and even guys like more his size like Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. They play a lot of their game in the mid-range because a lot of guys don't really bother to guard mid-ranges anymore. Um, that's where they get a lot of their buckets. So I think if he can develop a mid-range shot, he could really take that next level. Um, but right now, if he if you just take what he has right now and put him next to K. Cunningham, Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, even like a I mean the Thunder, I hope he doesn't go to the Thunder because they're so guard top. I feel like even like Josh Giddy, that then uh, you, that could be something really dangerous in the future. Number four, I have Paolo Bancaro, six ten power forward out of Duke. Um yeah, I'm I, i I'm not as, as high on Paolo as some guys. I think Kevin O'Connor has my number one on his big board. Um, I like him a lot. I think he could be really good. I just see a lot of Julius Randle-type tendencies in him. I didn't put that as a display similarity, too, because it seem really generic. I wanted to think more outside the box, but I didn't want to mention that here, that I'd get a lot of Julius Randle vibes from him in terms of shot selection, um, which terrifies me, because... If you if you start to watch his podcast, the race yard, I was a big Knicks fan, I was a big Julius Randle fan, um, and I haven't like since... Late Lakers kind of like right when he got to New Orleans. I was like, this guy could be like legit. And he was for a year and then he fell off heavily and I'm kinda scared Paolo's gonna get that same vibe. Um But other than the, other than the the shot selection and the defense too. Okay, let me let me talk about this real quick. His defense scares me a lot because a lot of the time he takes defensive possessions off and you could say, well, he's the best player on his team, you know, you need to save his energy, but he's on it, he's on Duke. And Duke has five NBA players, had five NBA players on this team, plus uh, Jeremy Roach, who's a very good college player. I don't know if he'll be a good NBA player if he ever goes to the NBA. He's too small. But uh, I not want to say he's too small, but he's very small. So he might struggle in the NBA. But um, So I don't like that excuse with Paolo this, at, on that roster because, I mean, you got Wendell Moore, you got uh, Trevin, Trevor Keels, you got Mark Williams. And granted, those guys aren't go to scorers. But they help a lot. And A.J. Griffin. So I don't really like that excuse here. But in terms of positive things, um, he's 250 pounds of pure muscle, and he's 19 years old. That goes without saying that that is huge uh, for a guy like him um, and for any NBA team. I mean, you just if you can – he already has the body. So you can develop his skills and his efficiency, and he could be a real threat. He can score at all three levels. Um, I like can compare him to Zion or – when, okay when I say compare I mean display semester. I don't think they play the exact same but I, I compare him to Zion and Karl Malone uh, I saw when you watch him play Paolo play the way he uses body down low to get uh to get space to like, to get a little layup or something very similar to how Zion does that except with dunking so uh, I, I see I don't see the dunking in Paolo that Zion has obviously but um the way he uses body is what I see a lot of similarities to between Zion and Paolo and Karl Malone is in terms of interior scoring and uh and uh the way he can score in the mid-range as well um yeah i have a ceiling as all nba i definitely can see that um and floor good bench player i mean honest, i doubt he's i doubt he is not a starter for most of his career um but that's just, that's the worst case scenario in my opinion um okay rounding out the top five i have a very well not weird pick but a very weird we very weird player not as a person but just in terms of how his path so I have Shaden Sharp. Um, technically, he went to Kentucky, but he—I think he maybe sat on, a couple, on the bench a couple of games. I don't really know. He—he he didn't play for Kentucky at all. Um, the whole thing was really weird. We didn't even know if he was going to go to the draft this year, but he did. Uh, I'm glad he did because this draft is really weak, and uh, I think that's probably his best chance to to get a good contract. <laughs> for, uh, for as uh, I'm, I'm on my I like Shaden Sharp. Um, I I just I don't have much to say about him right now because there's really not much we know about him other than he's, a, he could be an elite, what, what, what I will say is from what I've seen from his like high school film, he could be an elite scorer, um, and that's pretty much all I'm going off of. Um, a lot of guys have Shaden over Jaden Ivy, and I just don't, I can't really rationalize doing that because simply we know a lot more about Jaden Ivy than we do about Shaden Sharp. Um, but I think Shade Sharp could be really good. I think he might take a few years to adjust to the league just given I mean you saw it with Kobe too. Him and Kobe were like the same size and kind of play stylish um in terms of six six scoring shooting guards. Kobe really struggled going from high school to NBA because the competition's so different. I can see and Sharp having the same thing. Um but I think he gave him some time. I mean he could blossom into all-star or all star at least score all NBA. That's why I have a ceiling as, and I definitely can see that happening. By least score, I just mean a, you know, a Bradley Beal is a score. Um, he's not an MVP, but I think he can be twenty-five, thirty points per game, which is crazy. I mean, it's big to say. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying best case scenario that could definitely happen. And he plays like that, and uh, and worst case scenario is a backup wing. Uh, maybe if it doesn't work out, happens with a lot of guys. It doesn't work out, but like you see, guys like Anthony Simons too, who uh, went from IMG Academy right to the league. It took a few years to get into it, but he, like saw him this year. He was almost twenty points per game, uh, especially when Damian Lloyd went out, and uh, yeah. So I mean, I think Shane Sharp's gonna take a few years. Um, I don't think he's gonna come out of the gate and blow anybody away, um, but I I do like him uh, for the future. I compare him to Andrew Wiggins and Lonnie Walker. Uh, I, I I see I saw more of like the Timberwolves Andrew Wiggins, not the current Andrew Wiggins. Like the year he averaged twenty three points per game, I kind of saw that in the like ten minutes of film I've seen of Shaden Sharp and uh, Lonnie Walker. I mean, just really athletic wing. So yeah. Um, now moving on out of the top five this is kind of like my next tier of players i kind of like top five is the tier and then we can like interchange all those guys and i would i would understand where you're coming from um now like i feel like six to like 16 17 honestly that's the type of draft this is you can interchange any of these guys and i'll be like yeah that makes sense i can see why you think that um so for me at number six i have benedict matherin six seven uh shooting guard out of arizona um best regular season team in the country that couldn't make it all the way but I really really like Matherin I think if there's anybody not in that top five that could be a uh, a very highly touted all-star or even superstar I think it's him uh, he reminds me a lot of Donovan Mitchell in terms of the toughness and the shot creation and I mean he's he shot thirty seven seven three three sophomore year but 42 percent freshman year so we know he can shoot threes at a high level already um, he's only 19 years old and already a sophomore he's a lot of experience um, very careful with the ball, only 1.8 turnovers a game on 25% usage rate which is very good, he had the ball in his hands a lot and only turned it over less than two times a game he can finish, he has a really high release point as a jumper, I mean I, I see I just see a lot of good in him, the biggest uh, things I saw that weren't too hot on Matherin were uh, he got in television sometimes which you know on the team, we'll get to talk to him we'll talk about him a lot later, but like Bryce McGowan's had this problem, but he was playing on a Nebraska team that, with all due respect, sucked. Um, but Matthew was in television playing with guys on the best team in the country. So that scared me a little bit, I think that might be just be a bad habit that might take uh, a few years to get, totally get rid of in the NBA. Um, like if he comes off the bench right away, which he probably will, um, he won't start or anything um, right out of the gate. Um, I'm scared he might get to television once he gets on the floor playing with bench guys So I think that's just something that's, something that's gonna be going to break um and He doesn't have a huge first step which Could uh Could not be great for his shot creation in the NBA Because a guy closed him out on the perimeter on a three He tries to blow by He doesn't do it to, Like fast enough where he can throw the defense off And someone can come help um but I think, you know, he'll develop, and I think that could definitely not be a problem in a few years. So, uh, yeah, I just think, and I think sometimes he would be a little over-aggressive on defense. Um, but these are just more bad habits than anything that uh, can be fixed. So I like him a lot, man. I think Matherin could be a, uh, a very good pick for someone, and a lot of mock drafts have him going between 10 and 14. I think if a team gets Matherin between 10 and 14, that is an A-plus draft for them. Uh, ceiling all-star floor backup wing. Uh, have him that he displays similarities to Donovan Mitchell as I mentioned and Terrence Ross with the shot creation and the, uh, he's also very athletic by the way I don't know I mentioned that he probably had the nastiest dunk in the in March Madness this year um, and uh, yeah I like him a lot I don't see a ton of huge issues that can't be fixed with him number 7 I have AJ Griffin AJ Griffin uh, fell for me a bit I had him in top 5 about like a month ago and then, just as time went on, the more I watched him, the more. So basically, I'll say this first: he was out of high school basketball for two years with like knee injuries, and they showed. <laughs> and at Duke, um, he kind of he lacked a first step, like a big time. Like he really could not blow by guys uh, unless they're like bigs who are really slow, and he'd like pump fake. But then even then, someone could come help easily. Um, so like, if like, anytime he drove. He kind of settled for like floaters because he had to. And he's not very athletic to try and jump over anyone. Even like the dunks you see him dunk, I mean, they're two footers with like one hand. Finish it. I don't know. Just I saw some red flags with those knees. Um, that's my biggest concern with him, though. I think other than that, his shooting's elite already. He's a, he shot forty four point seven percent on four attempts a game. I mean, doesn't get much better than that realistically. Um, I just think, and I'm also like, Duke had him in a weird role where. He's so good at shooting, so they are like, okay, you're going to be the shooter. And that's all he really did. I think he's more than that. And I think in the NBA, he will be more than that. I think he will be better than 10 points a game uh, that he was at Duke. Definitely will be. I can say that pretty confidently. Um, but I just think that maybe his potential is limited given his knee issues. And, I mean, they could definitely get, he could definitely get over them, but it scares me and also another thing that scares me is the fact that he missed two years he also he missed those years of development into his game um so he's pretty raw I think he's more raw than a lot of people say he is um I think he's gonna come in and make a lot of like mistakes be a big learning curve for him but uh I think I think by the time he reaches full potential he could be a Jalen Brown type um an all-star I think he'd definitely be an all-star if, if things work out if his knees heal up um better then I think he can definitely be an all-star um, worst case scenario, as a, I have him as a reliable bench shooter, someone like who's a reliable, bench? like JJ Redick, was something like that. Um, not you know what I mean. As in terms of you trust him to you trust him to make threes. Um, that's worst case scenario. You also, compared him to a smaller Sadiq Bay. Um, but yeah, no, he's also only 18, so he's a lot to learn or he's a lot to develop, which is really good for a team. But I think you have to come in with the mentality when you draft him that he won't be good right away probably outside of shooting maybe. I think he'd be a good shooter pretty quickly. I don't see why not. But uh, everything else is going to take a lot of time to develop. At number 8, I have Dyson Daniels who flew up my board. I had him mid-teens and now he's at number 8 and I almost put him over Adrian Griffin to be honest with you. Um, The reason I didn't is because uh, Dyson Daniels offense scares me a little bit. Um, But I don't think you're drafting him to be a scorer. I think you're drafting him to be a uh reliable defender on the on the on the at the guard position and a playmaker. Um not compared to Josh Giddy and Alice Caruso Josh Giddy as the all around point guard who plays kind of as at a slow pace, but uh like he can weirdly get things done at that at that pace. Like you think he may be too slow and the the defenders like catch up to him, but he does it really well and it's kind of really cool to watch. Um, and Alas Cruso defensively, I think. I mean, Dez Daniels six six point guard that's already really good, but he can move laterally really well, and he can hang with ones, one to threes um, very easily. I want to say very easily, but like you can trust him to guard a one a one two or three. Um, and if he gets more size, even maybe a four, and especially today's NBA where fours are much smaller than they used to be. Um, but in terms of yeah, like shot creation, shooting in general, it's not there. He can't really dribble that well. Um, he shot 30% from three. But again, it's not why you're drafting him. And these are things that can be definitely he's only 19. I think he can improve these things. Um, but right now, what you're drafting him for is his defense, his uh, aggressive rebounding, and his playmaking. Um, another guy that you can compare him to is Ricky Rubio, that type of player. Um, even like Kyle Anderson or Joe Ingles, just as, as, like, as point guards and stuff like that. So uh, I have him as ceiling a high-level starting point guard. Um, I don't think he'd be an all-star, just given his lack of scoring ability. And I, as good as I think he could be, I don't think he'll ever get to that point where he's averaging more than 16 points a game. Um, and at floor of him, good backup point guard. Um, something like... Uh, uh, who's a good backup point guard? I guess when Ricky Ruba's Rick, Rick on the calf, like that kind of thing. That's probably... I guess... For his floor, maybe a little worse than that, but um, I think he'll be a good backup point guard, worst case scenario. Okay. Uh, number nine, I have Jeremy Sohan. Little higher than most people have him, I think. Um, I guess he's kind of over the board for a lot of people. I like him a lot. Um, lot of red flags on offense. I will be honest with you. Um, as a six nine power forward, he shot forty seven percent from the field, less than t- like twenty nine percent from three, and fifty eight percent from the free throw line. Um, the, the thing that scares me the most out of a six nine power forward is the sub fifty percent shooting um, from the field. Um, but he has good form, and I think you can definitely get him to a respectable three-point shooting ability, um, and then with that would come a higher field goal percentage, because they'll have to respect him more, and then he can get inside more. But that's going to take some work. He's only 19 years old. Um, he's very raw offensively, I guess I'll just say that, but defensively is where this guy is going to make his money. He can already guard one through five, no problem. Um, in the NBA, is a whole other beast, I know. But he knows how to do it, and I'm very confident that even maybe by his second year in the NBA, he will be easily. You can throw him on any any anybody, and uh, he'll give you respectable defensive minutes. Um, He's he's the type of guy that you want you you put on LeBron that kind of player, You put him on Kevin Durant, um, not right away, obviously. Maybe right away, who knows? But um, like as when he's when he's a few years into the league, he's the type of guy you'll be like, okay, you're guarding our main guy. Are their main guy, so um, any he'll fit any system. So I think any team that drafts him, I mean, you're gonna win because as long as you just have to understand what he's good at, what he's not. Um, but yeah, I, I have him as a I, I, I did compared him to Matisse Thiebel. Um, did, again, the defense with a lack of offense, but I think I like Sohan's offensive potential more than I ever liked Matisse Thiebels, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Um, again, just the defense. The defense is elite. Uh, that's that's what Jamie Sohan is. Um, he can't have the bench at Baylor also, um, which is interesting. And I just think that's kind of a green flag in terms of he's there to play his role. Whatever role you give him, he'll be happy to do. Um, so, stealing, I have an all NBA all-defense team and a floor role player. But in terms of role player, I mean, he'll be a good good at his role. And rounding out my top ten, I have the uh, center out of Memphis, 6'11", 250-pound, 18 year old monster, Jalen Duran. A lot of people have he's rose he's risen up. Rose up. He's risen up. Risen up. Risen up. I think it's risen up. He's risen up. That sounds weird. He he's higher <laughs> on a lot of people's boards than he was uh, a month ago. A lot of people have him in, at six, seven, eight. Um I'm at ten. I think it's a good spot for him, um, given the fact that centers aren't as a, much of a hot commodity as they used to be, um, especially guys that can't shoot. I guess I should say that centers are a hot commodity still, but guys who can't shoot aren't. <laughs> um, you want shooters. He maybe he could probably develop one. I think a lot of guys are developing threes at this point in the in the NBA, so he'll probably develop a uh, twenty five to thirty percent three point shot eventually. But right now he can't. Um, he can not only really score on his own either. He doesn't have much of a post game. It's kind of not great to watch him in the post. It just kind of makes you cringe a little bit. But these are things that can be improved, and the, like he will, he'll, he will improve that. He's only 18, and uh, an NBA team's going to work with him to get him a nice touch around the rim. Um, my biggest concern with him right now is he can shy away from defenders sometimes. I wish he would use his body stronger. He does use his body, but I wish he would use it to a higher level. Um, I feel like sometimes when I was watching him play he would he wouldn't go up very strong uh when i definitely think he could um do i have his yeah okay i have here he only shot 3.6 free throws a game at memphis Um. i think if you give him the ball and he just goes straight up stronger he could have easily shot five at least um but in terms of the great things that about him which there are a lot um seven five wingspan six eleven um 18 years old 250 pounds i mean that that body type for an 18 year old is ridiculous um So he, I mean, he's already got that developed, and he's only gonna get stronger. Um, He uh, he runs the floor extremely well for someone his size. Very high energy player, constant lob threat, um, great pick and roll partner. Like that's the type of guy you would love to see in Charlotte. Um, I don't. He's not gonna fall to thirteen. I know that. Um, That's where Charlotte's picking, but if Charlotte can trade up, man. Like if you put Jalen Durham with Lamelo Ball on that team, oh my god, (laughs) that would that would that's ideal um he's a perfect type of player and like his age too like he's he's gonna develop to be really good i think uh i have a ceiling as an elite starting center um i can see him as good as bam is right now um maybe a little worse because he i don't think he's gonna be as good of a playmaker as as a bam but his defense is there his uh strength in which he dunks his rebounding all that stuff's there and it's lower good backup center um okay so that was my top 10 uh, I'll probably move a little quicker for these last 20 guys uh, just because top 10 kind of the actually I'll go, I'll go a little more in depth until the end of the lottery let's do that um, why not it's my podcast thing that I want um, I'm joking well I'm not joking but uh, <laughs> moving on <laughs> at number 11 I have Keegan Murray this might upset some people um, I've never I haven't seen anyone have I haven't seen Keegan Murray this low on any other big board um, here is why yes he averaged 23.5 points per game yes he averaged 8 points every rebounds. yes he averaged 1.3 steals yes he averaged 1.9 blocks I know I see his stats I have them written down here <laughs> but Luka Garza averaged almost like 30 points a game at uh, hit last year uh, Kofi Cockburn su- super good Oscar Shibwe won uh, player of the year and he he took his name out of the draft, and if he did go into the draft, he not, he might have not even gotten drafted. Stats matter to an extent, but play style matters more. Keegan Murray's play style, well, n- is good. I'll say that, but he's not. His play style won't let him average these stats, at least op- these offensive stats, in the NBA because he's not very athletic and his shot creation is not that good. He needs... I don't, want to say, I don't want to say he needs other people to help him score, but you can't really give Keegan Murray the ball against an NBA defender um, or an NBA defense all around and say, okay, go get us a bucket because he doesn't have much of a first step. Um doesn't have much in terms of ball handling. Um, and he's not going to blow you away with his athleticism. He's not going to drive by you and throw down a vicious dunk. Um, so I, I, I think... like my ceiling for him is a third option on a championship team which like I guess like Chris Middleton level he was like he was like he was like a 2A 2B with Drew Holiday like that's the type of ceiling I see with Keegan Murray but as his floor I see a 3D 3 and D wing I think like realistically what I but if I put money on it I think Keegan Murray will be a starter for most of his career but I think it will be like a fourth option starter um, on just like not on just a regular team like not necessarily a championship team I think He'll be the guy that uh, will get you 15 points a game, maybe like something like that. You know, like a, 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 a I, mean, I have OG and just I have him as a display similarities too. OG and is like the 3A 3B option right now in the Raptors with uh, Gary and him. That's where I see Keegan Murray's ceiling at. I see him kind of exactly what OG is right now in terms of stats, and numbers he's going, to numbers he's going to put up. And uh, they play a lot of like also. I was also comparing to Obi and at Dayton uh, without the dunking. Um, you take the dunking away, he played a lot like Obi Toppin did at Dayton, so that's the type of player you'd be getting and uh, yeah, I just, those things those, those are big things that scare me and he's are already 21 and only a sophomore um, not saying he's not going to get better at things, he'd definitely get better at things but being already 21, I mean that's the same age as like Zion, and uh, Zion's already been an all-star, so I just lot a of, lot of concerns on big on like high level things um but let's talk some good things because there are definitely good things with Kiki Murray I have an 11 for a reason like he, I mean he's not he's like he's still in the lottery he's still very good um he's a, he, his defense showed a lot of potential uh, especially off the ball um, he times his blocks very well great at finishing um, around defense and if he can find holes he can get—he can slither through um, little holes that he sees um, only 1.1 turnovers a game um, great three point shooter off the catch. I mean, he can do a lot of good things, but the things that he does well, I see more as a complimentary type player, and not as a as a star type player. If that makes sense, um, like a lot of guys have like Indiana drafting him. If Indiana drafts him, I'll be very upset at Indiana because he's not the type of guy you want on a rebuilding team. He's the type of guy you want on a playoff team. He's very complimentary. Like a, a team like Washington, I mean, Washington, actually. No, maybe with Bradley Beal. Like, you know, like a team like that level in this, and realistically, because like a team like Miami's not going to draft him, he's not going to fall that far. But realistically, you want him on a fringe playoff team right now. Like, uh, I guess you can say Charlotte, any, any team on that level, Atlanta. But you don't want him on a team like Indiana or Sacramento who are trying to rebuild and build dynasties with young players because he just doesn't fit that mold. Um, and if you do, if Indiana does draft him, you're not, gonna, you're not drafting an All Star. I'm sorry. I, don't, I really don't think he Murray is ever going to be an All Star. And you can, you can clip that, and I could be wrong. Um, I can't read the future, but I just think there's better options out there if you're trying to build an elite team out of young players. I, I, just, I would like to see Keegan Murray in a complimentary setting. Um, anyway, enough Keegan Murray talk. I don't dislike him by any means, but I think his skill set's better fitted as a complimentary player and not a star. Number 12. Johnny Davis, this one was weird for me. Um, he moved a bit. I'm still actually not confident at all in this placement. Um, him and 13 and 14 are all very interchangeable to me. And I, I, I guess here, let me. So Johnny Davis at Wisconsin showed a lot of great scoring ability. Um, he wasn't a great three point shooter, but I think he has a very. I think he can definitely become a very good three point shooter. He has the tools for it. Uh, I think he just needs to find his touch. Simple as that. Um that's simple as that, but I don't think there's any any glaring issues in his in his like honestly there's any reason why he can't become a good three point shooter. Um he's a great mid range shooter, uh, which is rare these days. Um he can, like he can come off screens and shoot mid ranges. Um and he can get to the rim pretty well, he can cut very well, he's a very good off ball player offensively. And um I think uh I think he has he has potential to be a very good defender. Um he know he as his, his IQ is there defensively, and he's very determined. Um, he really wants to stop his uh, his opponent, um, but he can lose focus sometimes. My biggest thing with Johnny Davis, though, is his lack of athleticism and his his size combined with that. I think uh, you get a guy. His size is all like Jamal Murray's. Him and Jamal are built pretty similarly. Uh, if you compare like John Davis now to Jamal when he first came into the league, they're built the same way. But Jamal Murray had that athleticism. John where he can dunk over players, he can he has that burst. John Davis has a bit of a burst where he can blow by you, but he pulled from mid range instead of getting to get into the rim because his he can't really get up there and finish that well. I mean he can very well, like, relative to a regular person, but if you're talking NBA players, it's like average the way he finishes. Like he can he can dunk uh decently well and stuff like that. But you're not gonna consistently see him dunk on guys or be a threat to dunk on guys. Um and also his Lack of playmaking also kind of scares me. I think it's what the biggest thing is that if he can get his scoring together in the NBA, then I think he have a great NBA career. Um, but if he can't, he could really struggle to find himself a place in the NBA. Um, I think that's my biggest point with Johnny Davis. Um, I like him a lot though, but a lot of there's a lot of ifs with him. Um, rounding out my lottery, at thirteen, not yet. I have two guys on my screen. I'll see one at thirteen. Uh, i have Mark Williams I love Mark Williams I don't see how he can't be good <laughs> to be honest with you um he's so reliable and he does exactly what you need him to do at least that's we did at Duke and he just seems like a very good guy I feel like he's a very he's the type of guy you would be like okay mark can you do this he'd be like absolutely and uh, he'll get the job done he's not gonna shoot threes for you he's not gonna he's not gonna defend guards for you but if you ask him to be this uh just pick and roll all night all night He'll do it, and he'll do it at a high level. Constant lob threat. Um, he has two point eight blocks a game, and uh, these aren't even on like crazy minutes either. Like I think, I don't know what his per thirty sixes are, but they look really good. I can promise you that. Um, Rebounding is great, and just this powerful dunker. Um, honestly, right now, if you ask me who I'd rather have on my team right now for one year, I would take Mark Williams over Jalen Duran. I think long term Duran uh, will be better. Hence why I had during Dur- over Williams, but um, I think if you're talking right now, Mark Williams is better. He's also older, um, but he I means yeah, he's not gonna score for you in the post. He's not gonna defend threes. He's not gonna shoot th- or defend on the three point line. He's not gonna shoot threes, but he will move. He can move really fast. He'll set really strong screens. Um, sometimes he was he had a tendency to uh, just to uh, do flash screens which I think he just needs to get more used to staying there and timing it right. That's a little nitpicky thing I had with him. Um, but I say, I mean, outside of that, I, compare, I have him compared to Houston Dwight Howard um, in terms of just being that reliable pick-and-roll threat all game. Um, again, this is the type of guy that Charlotte, I think, could definitely draft. I think he could be at 13. And I would love to see him on Charlotte. I feel like every year we're rooting for Charlotte to draft a center. Like last year, I wanted to get Kai Jones, which they did. Um it's only been a year I'm not going to say it hasn't worked out but I think Mark Williams is probably the most reliable option they've had at center since they've needed to draft to center Um, so yeah big fan of Mark Williams Uh, Stealing high level starter floor reliable backup okay now rounding up my lottery um, that you can see um, is Malachi Branham Malachi Branham I like a lot also he he ran up my board he was over uh, Johnny Davis for a bit um, I think the reason why I put him below Johnny Davis is because the sample size is very limited. Um, even when he talked like the start of the season, he wasn't that good. He really started to pick it up in the second half of the season. Um, but he's a he's a great shooter. Um, Ryan's a lot of Jordan Poole and Malik Beasley. Those are who I just compared him to. Uh, he's not very athletic, but uh, he can make some tough shots. Um, he can shoot over guys. He can shoot from three mid-range. And... Uh, he can well handle. He can come off screens. He he's he seems like a very reliable type guy. That uh, I think if he can consistently get that game together, um, he could be an all star. Um, I think his ceiling is an all star. Um, and this was where I might get a little confusing for people, where I have like Johnny Davis's uh ceiling was 18 plus point per game score because I really didn't know what to put for Johnny Davis because I, I'm really up in the air with him. So I I mean that can mean anything. 18 plus point per game score that could mean 25 points per game all star and that could just mean like a Tyler Hero Jordan Poole type level where they're averaging 18 points per game but I think Brandon could be an all-star if everything works out and he can do what he does consistently um, floor having have a reliable bench piece um, but I, lo- I love his shooting um, he's not very versatile uh, on either end of the floor he can't really play make that well yet um, and uh, he can't really score in the post or anything like that he's not very big um, uh, size wise and like strength-wise, um, and uh, he can be he can be very careless at times, like take a take a weird shot or a, throw a lazy pass or just dribble too high and get stripped pretty easily. And uh, yeah, and on defense, never reverse tell either. Um, he can guard twos, he can he, he can guard ones, um, but I mean, but if you get someone even a little bigger than him, he might struggle. Um, okay. Now, that's, so that's the lottery. That's my top 14 guys. I'll move probably a little quicker through the rest of this. I don't want this video to be too long or this podcast to be too long. Um, but, uh, okay. Yeah, let's keep it going. Number 15, I have Uzmay and Jang. I think I'm saying that right. This is probably the rawest player in the draft um, pl- coming out of New Zealand. Played for the New Zealand Breakers. Um, I think with with Jang, the biggest thing is time. He uh, He's not going to come out of the gate and be good. He's not, he's not going to be good right away. I can almost promise you that. He's so raw. He has so much needs to learn with this game. I think he, he'll probably be a G League guy. Uh, kind of like Jonathan Kaminga was with the Warriors this year. Uh, I think for most of the season, he'll be in the G League developing his skills. He has a lot of raw skills, though. That's what I like about him a lot. Um, he just displayed so much of things he could do. He's 6'10". He's with the, the ball handling abilities, like Kevin Durant, um, he can shoot over guys. I him in Tyreek Evans and Rudy Gay. Um and I think Tyreek Evans, but even taller. Tyreek was like, he was like 6'7, I think. And uh, he could ball, handle, and shoot over guys. Ujman Dang can do that, but at 6'10. Um, I, th- I think the biggest thing with him is that he's just how raw he is. Um, so you don't really know how good he could be. And I think he just has a really high ceiling and really low floor. Um, so it's a risky pick. Um, like, I can see Houston taking him with one of their picks, especially they just traded Christian Wood for another pick. So now they can kind of be a little more risky with one of those picks. I think they could take Jang at, like, 17 or something. Um, Charlotte has two picks, I think, in the top 15, so they could take Jang. Um, i don't—I I th- I like to see one of those teams take him, take a little risk on him. Um, but, yeah, I think I have a ceiling as an all-star um, if everything works out for him well, and I have his floors out of the league in five years if it doesn't work out, because he could... I know Pokazhevsky isn't out of the league yet, but... <laughs> I think he could turn out to be like Alexis Pokazewski where and or even at best better comparison to be Maker because he's out of the league. He could be like Thonmaker, um and just not be able to get much going and a steady. of the league. Okay, number sixteen, Tariq Eason. Um Sam loves Tariq Eason. I like Tariq Eason a lot. He's a dirty worker. He does uh he does everything you need him to. Um hard worker, very versatile. Um he can uh I I, I don't think He's the type of guy. We can be like, okay, go get us a bucket, but he will get the offensive rebounds and go up strong. He'll get hacked. He'll get into the lane. He'll make the right pass. He does. A, he does a lot of right things. Um, but when you talk about his defense, his defense is very good. Um, my biggest complaint with his defense is that sometimes he loses focus. But I mean, who doesn't on defense? <laughs> um, I think over time he'll he'll learn how much he really has to lock in. But I mean, that's a small little nitpicky thing. I, it he. He, a lot of other guys lose focus more than he does. Um, I think if you're, he's just so good, you gotta get nitpicky with it. Um, I just think uh, he's, you know, he's not the type of guy who's going to give the ball and let him do his own thing. He's going to be more of an off-ball player. Um, he'll die for the ball. Um, he'll, just, you know, the dirty work. Like I said, um, he just plays a lot of heart and uh, a very good transition scorer, though. Um, I compared it to KJ Martin uh, of Houston and Aaron Gordon. Um, Aaron Gordon defensively, again, just like Jabari Smith. Um, they kind of remind me of each other defensively. I think Easton, though, is a more intense and high-energy defender than J- Jabari Smith is. Um, and KJ Martin, um, the transition scoring um, and uh, the rawness of the shot creation. KJ Martin has shown shot creation ability but still very raw. I see that in Trey Easton. And uh, Trey Easton could be very good. I think I have a seen consistent starter and his floor is 6th to 8th, man. I think he will be a very good NBA player for a very long time, very consistently. Um, how how good? I don't know. Um, okay. 17, I have O'Shea Akbaji out of Kansas, the senior. Um, the champion. I like O'Shea Agbaje a lot. He's 22 years old. So, um, I mean, it's automatically going to be a red flag for you. Um I think with Ugbas, you know what you're getting. You're getting a guy that's going to be a good shooter for you. Um, very athletic in terms of his dunking ability. He lacks a bit of a burst. He lacks uh, he lacks playmaking. Um, his defense is good. I think I think I, I see I I think he's the very small box of how good and how bad he could be. Um, I have a ceiling as elite three and D wing, and his floor is decent three D wing. So I think he's going to be a three D wing in the league. I think that'll be his role. I don't think he's gonna be an all-star, but I think he could be very good at what he does. um And I think if it doesn't work out totally for him, I think he could still be pretty decent as a three D wing. um I have, I have his similarities to a pre-injury Jeremy Lamb, so like back with like the Pacers and the Hornets kind of thing. Um, or I guess not the Pacers; he was as post-injury, but more with like the Hornets that kind of Jeremy Lamb. I think that's the type of player you're gonna get from Muggs Um Man, I think he could do that at a very high level. I don't see why not. He has long arms, too. I think his defense just hasn't reached his full potential yet. I think if you put him on a on a high-level NBA defensive team, he could uh, really spread his wings there. No pun intended with his wingspan. Um, could really spread his wings there and uh, make some great things happen for himself. At number 18, I have Marjan Bochamp. Bochamp. I don't know if it's Bochamp or Bochamp. I forget. But I love him very much, man. I want him on the Raptors. I um, I almost put him higher. I think I went through a little bit of a, I went through a little bit of a high with him. I was like, I really, I almost put him in the lottery. <laughs> like, I like him a lot. Um, I had to come back down to earth a little bit, but he can do so many different things on offense. Um, I mean, he can do it all on offense. To be honest with you, he can score uh, in the post, at the elbow, on the three point line. Okay, so the three point line, he only shot uh, about twenty five percent from three on two point eight attempts per game. I don't think that's going to be how it is in a few years. I think he just needs to get better with his touch. Uh, an NBA team needs to work on a little little adjustments. He could. I think I'm very confident in saying he'll be an above average three point shooter based on his form and uh, his shot creation ability. Um, and I mean, he had the ball in his hands a lot more than he's going to uh, with the G League Ignite, um, unless if he does become that good. But out of the gate, he's not going to have the ball in his, hand, his hands that much. Uh, I did, had him displaying some layers to Brandon Ingram in terms of shot creation. This one was. That might be a little bit of a stretch, Brandon Ingram, but uh, I, th- I think the mid range scoring plus the shot creation kind of made me see that. But more of like a younger Brandon Ingram, maybe, like a Laker Brandon Ingram. And uh, I crammed Norm Powell as well um, because I think he could be a spark plug type player. Um, his seeding and elite score, um, again, just like Johnny, not Johnny, Davis, uh, who did I say was lead? could be elite score? It was a. Uh, Oh, who did I say? I said... Uh, Shade and Sharp. Same way Shade and Sharp can be an elite score, I think Bo- Bochamp could be the same thing. Maybe not as versatile or even just like as elite. But uh, I have his floor as a 10-12 point per game score off the bench. I think I think Bochamp has, is pretty certified going to be a good NBA player. There's um, not really much holding him back other than the three-point shot, which, again, I think will be better. Um, and... Uh, in terms of defense seven foot wingspan he, an nba team will make him a good defender with that um has trouble guarding bigs but i mean he's six six, and mean, you can't really ask him to guard bigs like that um and uh just maybe let's see him be more aggressive but other than that i mean there's a lot to go right with bochamp i just think he might not uh i just think it, he could be held back by uh by his lack of aggression, maybe just his role. I don't know if he'll get a role where he could be an elite player. Um, anyway, yeah. 19, I have EJ Liddell. Uh, I like EJ Liddell a lot. Um, he's pretty slow. Um, and he can't jump that high. That's the biggest problem with him. Um Just the lack of athleticism. Um, he also dro- drops his shoulder a lot when trying to create shots for himself, which... Uh, as you know in the NBA they call offensive fouls left and right so he's gonna have to get rid of that habit probably in um, the perimeter defense um, it's consistently been improving over his time over his three years at Ohio State still not still not amazing for a 6-7 player though um, he is 6-7 as a power forward 240 pounds which is a little scary but those are the weaknesses but let me talk about his strengths because I think there are some very big strengths to this guy. Um, he shot six point nine free throws a game, which was uh, the most in the Big Ten, um, and he blocked two point six shots a game as only six seven. And being unathletic, that means that he can time it very well. He's great instincts here, and uh, he's and also like if, if he, he's a sneaky shot blocker, and like it's not like a Rudy Gobert type where you know you gotta adjust for it. He's a type that's gonna. People are just going to do their regular thing, and he's going to come out of nowhere and swat it off the glass, something like that, um, which could be really dangerous. Good, like, good dangerous. <laughs> um, and uh, he has a reliable three-point shot. Um, I'm not sure if I was his percentage on my on my page here, but he shot a high – he shot three-point shooting. <laughs> he shot the three <laughs> very well off the catch and off the dribble. Um, he can shoot mid-ranges too, and uh, as as in terms of scoring down low – he can do it very well. He can shoot over guys. He can use his body very well. Um, yeah, his biggest thing is his uh, lack of athleticism. Um, and defense, too. Even though his perimeter defense isn't that great yet, uh, it's good, but it's not like outstanding yet. His uh, interior defense is awesome, um, the way he uses his size. I have him compared to a young Paul Millsap, like an Atlanta Hawks, Utah Jazz Paul Millsap. And then even like, P.J. Washington another guy I thought of. Um, Kevin O'Connor had that on his board, though, so I don't want to copy it. <laughs> I saw I, I, I thought of PJ before I saw it, I promise. Um, so I have a ceiling, a very good starter, and his floor as a role player. Mm-hmm. 20. Rounding out the top 20, I have Ty Ty Washington Jr. Ty Ty Washington uh, goes two different ways for me in terms of how I think of him. I think he could be a very good starting point guard, um, but I also think he could end up just being a third-string player because he relies a lot on his shot creation, and uh, he's not a very athletic shot creator, so he relies a lot on that uh, that mid range shot. Um, and but because he doesn't have much explosiveness, and if he doesn't get that down, and if defenses kind of learn his tricks, he could struggle to score in the NBA. Um, so that's kind of where it scares me. But if he does get it down, and he kind of has more he kind of finds more versatility as a shot creator, then I think uh he could be a very good starting point guard. And that also goes to, you know, he's average four assists a game. Um he was a good playmaker. Um his defense, he's very he's very high effort defender, one on one. Um I think he needs he doesn't have much versatility there. Um but uh yeah he can run a pick and roll very well also. Um he uh, and Oscar Shewei kinda of ran that all year that pick and roll so I think you can trust me a, a pick and roll ball handler and passer um I compare him to Kobe White which I like that comparison a lot um the shot creation the playmaking um he's also a good three-point shooter too I think he averaged about 36% I don't have it written down but if I remember correctly that's what it was um I just I just need I just need I was worried about the shot creation is all I think if he can just uh, get more to it than just step back mid-ranges And uh, catch and shoot threes um, I think he could be pretty good 21 I have Kendall Brown Kendall Brown went all over the 20s for me I had him pretty low in the 20s I had him in the middle and now I have him at 21 Um, I like him more than other guys I guess is the best way to say this because of his athleticism Um, I'm always going to bet on athleticism more than other things Um, like for example 22 I have Kenny Chan I'll say that right now the reason I have Kendall Brown over Kenny Chandler is because, um, that athleticism beats out, th- like I think, whatever everything Chan- Kenny Chandler does really well, he does. But I'm still taking Kendall Brown's six eight frame with his athleticism, because I think he's worked a lot with that. Um, his three point shooting wasn't that good. I think he could be. He sh- he showed promise to be a, a, a reliable corner three point shooter. What do you mean if, you, like I grand Jarek Jones Jr. And basically what Derek Jones Jr. is right now is a uh, high-level defender who can hit corner threes and dunk. And that's kind of what I see Kendall Brown's ceiling as, as a good 3 and D wing. Um, I think his defense isn't amazing yet, but I think it will be uh, because he has long arms and that athleticism. Um, I just need to be more aggressive is the biggest thing. He only shot 6.6 shots a game in 27 minutes, um, which scares me. I think you just need a drill in his head. Like, if you're open for three, shoot. Um, and uh, blow by some guys. And transition is where he he thrives. Um, with and with the ball, too. He made some good plays as a ball handler in transition. But uh, I think, yeah, just, he needs to get more, more aggressive. But uh, I like him here. Um, I like him at 21. I think uh, if a good team drafts him, which they probably will at this range, then uh, they can do a lot with him. At 22, I have Kenny Chandler, the smallest guy in the draft, a six-foot point guard out of Tennessee, 172 pounds. Um, very good shooter, um, very good playmaker, a hard-nosed defender. I convert to Ty Lawson and Kyle Lowry. Um, honestly, I tried to find – just I looked up short point guards, and they were the two most similar. Though they like, It's not like they're not similar to his play style. Kyle Lowry, the hard-nosed defense comes from him, and Ty Lawson, the, uh, the shot creation, and uh, – The decent moving of the ball. Um, Biggest concern for Kenny Chandler is that size. Um, The size causes him to turn the ball over quite a bit um, because he forces passes that he can't really see um, over the defender. Um, Can't really finish on the rim that well. And I mean, just teams are going to pick on him with the size. He's a hard nosed defender, but he's not big like Kyle Lowry is. Um, So I think he's going to get picked on defensively. So there's that, but look on the bright side of him—he's uh, very shifty with the ball in his hands. He can move really well. He has good tendencies uh, in terms of patience with the ball. Like once you pass him the ball, before he does anything, he scans the floor first, which I notice from him, which I like a lot. Um, I don't think he's any better than a good backup point guard, just given his size and like I hate I hate betting against players size, but I just don't think his shot creation is good enough to go like you see like Isaiah Thomas, but Isaiah Thomas has was a elite shot creator. Kenny Chandler's not really that. He's more of a catch and shooter for his offense. Um and uh he gets his buckets is from you know he can get he can get and get through holes and stuff like that, but I think in the NBA he just he might get picked on a lot, which scares me. Um I was floors G League, unfortunately a lot of small guys end up in the G League. Uh Frank Mason, um Guys of that nature, I can't think of any other top of my head. But a lot of the shorter point guards stuck there. Um, That guy was on the Kai Bowman. He's a small point guard who who looks really good, but he's pretty small. Um, Kane Chandler might fall into that, but I have confidence that he can find a good role in the league. Twenty three, Jaden Hardy. This was an interesting one. Jaden Hardy, I'm not big on. Um, Even the guys below him, I like more, but I just feel like Hardy needs to be higher up because he was like he was top five before the season started and uh I don't want to count him out after one season but god he (laughs) had a lot of things to not he had a lot of things I didn't like about him that year with the G League Ignite um took a lot of bad shots took a lot of unwarranted shots um made a lot of bad passes tried to do a lot himself just a lot of these really red flags in his game um like big red flags um but if you want, like, he has 88% free throw shooter I think you just give him a, he needs a much smaller role to be good um, I have a ceiling as an elite six man which I think is the type of role that would be, be good for him because if he's a starter he needs the ball in his hands and to be honest like he didn't show much of the ball in his hands consistent, consistency wise um, like uh, I have written down here that if he can clean up his game and consistently be a positive impact I think he'll exceed this ranking but that's asking a lot based off what I saw from him. So um, I think he could be in the G League. He could be back in the G League as his as, as his like what happens. that's just that's his floor for me, his G League. But uh I think he even lead six man if he cleans up a lot of his game. Um But yeah. All right. Twenty four. I have Walker Kessler, uh, center out of Auburn, seven foot one. Um I like Parker a lot, actually, man. Uh, I think you look at it; you, th- you think seven foot one, two hundred forty five pounds, center. Uh, you think very slow, very heavy footed, but no, this guy can actually move. <laughs> um, he's can't; he's not gonna throw down any explosive dunks or anything like that. Um, he can't defend ball handlers, but he can do a lot of other things. He's great hands. Just shoot. Okay, let me talk about shooting for a second because you look at his stats; he shot twenty percent from three. I think I think it was like point three out of one and a half attempts a game went in but there's potential there um, he reminds me of I put Yakup and Brook Lopez um, I think when you talk about his shooting yes he's only 20% but if you get him if, yeah, I think he just needs more reps with it he didn't really shoot before that uh, he, he's a sophomore I think he just needs more reps um, he's a high sh- I mean no one can block a shot no one can really contest a shot he's seven foot one. he shoots pretty high up too he has a high release point so I like that, and he has great touch around the rim. He shots 70% from inside the arc. Um, he, and I mean, if you're going to talk about Walker Kessler, got to mention the shot blocking because it is ridiculous. 4.6 blocks per game, led the country by a decent margin, I think. Um, he, and at that shows he can move well. He's a really good help defender with this. Um, but he seemed like he can run a fast break. He, there's times where he would block a shot, dribble the ball up, and finish on the other end by himself. He, I don't think he's gonna be an all-star by any means, um, but I think he can be a very reliable center for your team. And I think he can, he's gonna put up some big stats and some big games. Um, I have a ceiling as a good starter, um, kind of like what Brook Lopez was like the year Miami or the year Milwaukee won a championship, <laughs> that kind of level. Um, and his floor is a backup center with like 10ish minutes a game because if his shooting doesn't come around, you can't really close a game. Um, even if his shooting does come around, he's still a slope He's still slow. He's quick for his size, but he's still a slow mover. Um, he can't really guard on the perimeter, so he probably won't close many games. Um, but um, I think if he does get that shot down, he could be a, a very good starting center for an NBA team. At 25, I have Wendell Moore Jr. of Duke. I love Wendell Moore also. I wanted to put him higher, but uh, I don't know. I I, I got talked out of it by Sam. I got brought back down to earth. I went through the same like Marshawn Beauchamp phase i did with as i did with that uh, window more um i don't see much holes in this game but let me talk about the there's a, a big hole which sam did point out to me which uh makes which could be kind of i want to say downfall of his career but just downfall of his potential it not i want to say down is a big word Kind i think it could just be the what stops him from taking that next level um it is that uh he hasn't shot. He hasn't been a good shooter for a very long time. Um, I guess he's a so he's a junior right now. And if you go to his stats, I'll pull them up here really quickly uh, for his whole career. Um, they only started looking good this year over the three years he's been in the league. Um, so his is freshman year. He shot uh, 21% from three. His se- sophomore year, 30%, and this year, 41%. Um, and Duke, Duke like Duke, like last year when he shot 31 or 30%, it was on three attempts, so both the same as this year. Um, and that was with a bad Duke team. You look this year on a really good Duke team, where other guys had a lot more attention to their way, such as Williams, Bancaro, and Griffin. That one, the more had a lot more open shots. I think he'll have the same role in the NBA, so that's kind of something that doesn't concern me too much, but I think I'm still not sold fully that he can be a forty percent three point shooter. Um but I mean again, you look at the stat, this is I feel like this is me, this is Sam talking through me. right now. This is the thing Sam said, which on one hand I do agree with, but also I mean I'm very part of me is also really convinced that he will be very reliable three and D wing. Um I compare him to Dylan Brooks, which I'm not gonna lie, I really like that comparison a lot. Um, I think they play really similar. Um, maybe less shot creation from Wendell Moore, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Also, and Wendell Moore also at four point four assists a game, and this is on a team that only have a point guard, so you can't count on that too much because he kind of had to be in that role. But he did it pretty well. Um, another thing that concerns me is that lack of first step. Same thing I talked with ben- Benedict Mathen earlier. Um, Wendell Moore doesn't really have that big first step, so if he's a shooter, that's what his role is. He gets closed out and he tries to blow by someone, he's gonna get uh help Turner's gonna come up really quick. But then he talk about his playmaking, which you just talked about he can find a good pass that's so I I think I think those weaknesses that I found that Sam found, there are a, he does have skills that complement those weaknesses. I don't know man, I think he think he, he's really good and now that I'm talking about it out loud for the first time, um I kinda put him higher. But I won't for now. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now I like him a lot more than Jaden Hardy and this whole Jaden Hardy at 23 thing is kind of influenced by the fact that um, he was fifth he was in top five discussions before the season but one the more I like him a lot I'm saying it right now I think he's going to be a very good starter in the NBA I have a ceiling a starter uh, I I would say very good starter is floors a role player um, mark my words one the more very good NBA player I mean, 50% from the field, 41% from three, 80% from the free-throw line. That's very good. That's very good. He can score anywhere on the floor. He's a very good defender. Um, he can move past laterally and off-ball. His head's always on a swivel. You look at him, he's always guarding. He's, like, he's peeking all the time. He's very focused. Very, I think that's a good word, focused. Oh, dude, I like Moore a lot. He's only 22 as a junior. Hey, man. Do not sleep on Wendemore. Toronto. If Toronto drafts one or more, I'll be stoked. Um, okay, let's finish this up. <laughs> last five uh, last five. Jalen Williams, um, twenty one year old junior out of Santa Clara. Uh I like Jalen. Williams. Um, I think he could definitely be a good role player in the NBA. Um his moves pretty slow um for a six six guard forward type player. Um not very athletic, doesn't have much explosiveness. Um I feel like I shouldn't be starting I feel like I'm starting all these players with their weaknesses. But it's because I, I like to get that out of the way before I talk about their positives. So I'm, I'm sorry if sometimes I sound a little pessimistic towards some of the players. Um I'm just starting I'm like starting with their weaknesses because there's less weaknesses there are positives than most players. Um so just you know, defensively he can be a, a beat slow sometimes because of his lack of quickness. And um, you know, like if he gets switched into a quick guard, which will happen, that could that could be uh that could be a tough matchup for him the positives very crafty passer um as a as a he's one of the best non-point guard passers in the in the draft um his uh, his three point shooting improved muchly uh muchly over his time at Santa Clara um from uh. from last season to this season he improved by 12 12%, 12ish percent from 3 on similar attempts um he's very patient i think that's probably the biggest thing with him is how patient he is um, and it's over his time. He's just made large strides as a scorer, playmaker, and I think he will continue to get better. Um, his his athleticism and lack thereof, will probably hold, it will hold him back from eliteness. But, um, but I think he'll be he could be an elite role player. Uh, his floor is end of rotation because I think if the shot doesn't work out, um, then him, he might struggle to find a good role. Twenty seven. I have Blake Wesley lake wesley out of notre dame 19 year old freshman um a lot of guys have him higher the reason i have him at 27 i've seen i've seen him actually lower too i've seen him like the 40s um i do i do think there's more good to be said than bad about wesley um he uh he has a very good burst when he when he wants to get by somebody um he can pull up he's a very good pull-up shooter which that combined with the burst is really good for like mid-range scoring um, which I think that could be a big part of his game is that pull-up mid-range. Um, he's a very willing defender. He really wants to get stops. Um, I think he sees his polish up his fundamentals defensively. He's a little flaily sometimes, um, just the way he moves. It, he, he like it's Karis Levert, you know, a little out of control. That's the type of player he is. Emmanuel Quickly, Bones Highlands, another one. They play a little out of control and just unorthodox. Not saying it's bad. That's He's one of those types of players. Um, if you're trying to visualize him. Um, I just think yeah, but that comes with he needs to get better at his fundamentals. His like shot forms weird. Um, he uh he puts up a lot of tough shots. That he doesn't need to take his finishing on the rim needs to improve. Um, but I mean yeah he's playmaking potential. He's a very good pull up shooter, a very raw shot creator, and I think he's another just really raw player that's going to take some time to develop. Um, but he could also just come into the league and be like Bones Highland, and be an all rookie second player. Who knows. Uh, I'm not a, I'm just not a huge fan of those type of players um because I just feel like they may have a hard time integrating him into a lineup um but yeah that's a player he is he's okay so he's okay <laughs> no he's good I just I I just don't see him being anything special in my opinion uh ceiling happens as a six man um not six man of the years I think he a ceiling could be he will be your six man kind of player and a floor or a G League um Okay, 28, Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Nikola Jovic. I really hope Denver doesn't draft him for the sake of everybody. Um, he is a, uh, a big, small forward, we'll say, uh, out of the ABA League, which is a league in Europe, which exists like Serbia uh, and those like Central European countries, I think Hungary, like Austria, like those, those teams throughout those countries. Um, he's one of the few European players in this draft. Um, and just kind of like Zhang, and Zhang, he brings a lot of different skills to the table, but he just has to, he's not very good at them yet. He's good, but in terms of NBA players, he's not uh, quite there yet with all those skills. So he's just, he's really raw. He's going to need to, uh, any team that drafts him has to commit to him long term, I think, if they want to get the best out of him. Um, he just turned 19. He's a very accurate passer. Uh, he's for a six ten guy. He's he's very good passer for someone his size. Very accurate. Very heads up. Uh, he's always looking up, trying to make that fast break pass. He's now he doesn't dribble the ball up. He's a good tendency to look up and pass it up. Um, as a nineteen year old, he's already pretty reliable corner three point shooter, and uh, he can hit some deep threes as well. Uh, same thing as Jang. I think he just needs to uh, just needs time. He just needs time to get all his skills going. Uh, he displays similarities to Bogdan Bogdanovich and Alexius Um I like the Bogdan Bogdanovich pick a lot. Just he's taller than he is. Um, Jovich is six ten. I think Bogdan's like six six. But um, he's that he's that type of player, just bigger. um so I have him. He could be a starter, and his floor he could be out of the league in five years, just because that's kind of how it goes with raw players uh, when they come into the league. They could go either way, depending on how committed the team that drafts him is to him. 29. I have Christian Brown out of uh, Kansas, 21 year old junior. Um, played really well for them in their championship run. Um, had some big time shots. Um, he's very, uh, he's a very just good three and D player. Uh, reminds me of Grayson Allen a lot. That was my comparison. Um, he doesn't really have much uh, as a one on one player. I think he's just a good complementary three and D player that a good team will a good team's gonna draft him, and that's probably the role he'll have. The Grayson Allen type uh role in Milwaukee. Um he he can throw down some pretty ferocious dunks. He's a very active defender. Um he has a nose for rebounds. He averaged six and a half rebounds this year for his position, which is pretty good. Um a Steal the game, you know, he's he's just a reliable type player. Um again he's not much a one on one player. You're not gonna give them the ball and say go score. You'll probably come off screens. He'll speed in the corner a lot and uh just be that reliable three point shooter. I have him as ceiling as a fifth option starter. Grayson Allen's role and uh is for a decent three i I think he'll be pretty good in the NBA. And finally, at number thirty, I have Bryce McGowans out of Nebraska. I mentioned McGowan's earlier. Um he was kind of the the diamond diamond in the I'm not a big McGowans fan, but I'll say diamond in the rough for that Nebraska team who, who that was awful. Um he uh he has a good build for an NBA player 6'7", 179 He's kind of built like Zach Levine. Um Shadow KOC for that comparison But uh, he, he's built like that He's not athletically like Zach, But um, he, he's just a he's a shot creator Just he doesn't shoot the ball very well He shot 40.3% from the field 27.4% from three um, But he got to the line a lot I think what I wrote down here Is that I think he's at his best When he is aggressive In getting to the basket And trying to draw fouls I think when he gets uh, tunnel vision well He gets tunnel vision a lot And to be fair Nebraska is really bad um, so he was kind of the guy that was like, Okay, you're gonna be our guy, you just go do what you have to do to help try and get us to win games. Um But I think he gets get stuck in tunnel vision and just trying to pull up from mid range or three a lot. I think when he's settles down, takes a step back and realizes, Okay, I'm good enough to just drive the rim and get fouled I think when he gets in that mentality, that's when he's at his best. Uh if you look at his game logs, his best games, most of them scoring wise, best game scoring wise, best games scoring wise, um, most of them came with him shooting a lot of free throws. I think if he can get in that mindset that I need to be aggressive when I'm on the floor, he could be have a uh, good uh, role on the bench for an NBA team. Um, his floor is G League. I think if he gets stuck in that television a lot, he the team he's not going to get a, real, a good role on the team. And uh, yeah, um, he just I I, th- I saw a lot of Shea in him in terms of the way he scores. Just not the playmaking, but the way he scores, I saw a lot of uh, Shea Gildas Alexander alright that that's my big board um, that was really fun to make I spent a lot of time making this uh, again I will. this is posted on my LinkedIn which I'll leave in the YouTube description and if I can leave it in Spotify and Apple Music descriptions I'll leave it there as well but if not Elias Eldridge on LinkedIn if you want to see it um, or just go to the YouTube video and press it in that description um, also I'll just shout out really quickly I took uh, the stats all, all my stats on here were from basketball reference sports reference uh, the G League uh, website for like Hardy Daniels, and uh, Bochamp, and then I have one for Nicole. I took uh, Nicole Yovich's stats from ProBallers.com. and uh, YouTube channels I use for uh, scouting. Uh, I used uh, Hardwood Hoops Centrals. Um, they uh, they post a lot of uh, scouting videos that I would use to watch guys and get my opinions on them. Um, I used uh, for games. I, sorry, I'm just going to pull it up here. I want to get the name right. The Draftmatic, they post a lot of uh, college games. Um, if you're one of college games, that's where you should go. Um, that's where I would do a lot of scouting as well. I'd go back and rewatch those games from there. And uh, I use YouTube channel Swish. Uh, they post highlight videos um, for uh, for college players. And I think they do regular NBA players as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, i sorry. I don't know if I said it, the first name, the first channel that I used. For the mix makes scouting videos. That is at hardwood hoops Central's NBA draft green room. They post very cool film sessions um, for a lot of the uh, potential draft picks in this year's draft. Check them out if you're interested. And uh, that's all I got. Thank you all for listening. This was really fun to do. Actually, I love talking NBA draft. I never done this before as a YouTube channel, uh, or as a YouTube video, or as a podcast. So it was really fun to make. Um, I'm gonna try. The, I'm, I'm definitely doing this again next year um so <laughs> i'll see you in a year i'll see you soon but i'll do uh we me have to do the podcast again but uh i'll be back next year doing the same thing and uh yeah anyway thank you all for watching really appreciate it um if you're watching youtube make sure to like comment and subscribe if you're listening on spotify apple or Elvis, get your podcast leave us a rating and a review you can find us on social media instagram tiktok and twitter at rapchatpodcast, podcast um where when we are making podcasts we post new clips of the show weekly um thank you again for watching and uh leave comments on what you think about my picks let me know your opinions let me know what you agree with you disagree with all this kind of stuff i love talking about it i'll reply to the comments and uh yeah thanks again peace